I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is KSL's Religion Today, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner, on KSL News Radio. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, we take a look at the 12 apostles from perhaps a little different perspective than you've thought of before, and that is what happened to them after the record that we have in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, because what happened to the apostles is a fascinating story, as far as we know. We certainly don't know everything, but there are some things that we do know. Jesus transformed the apostles at the time of his resurrection and during the 40-day ministry after the resurrection that we read about in the book of Acts in chapter 1, verse 3, where it says that he appeared to them with many proofs about the kingdom of God for 40 days, speaking to them. So what was it that transformed the apostles? The night when Jesus was arrested and taken away and crucified, what happened to Peter? He denied Jesus. What happened to Thomas? Even shortly after that, after the resurrection, he doubted that Jesus had come back and was resurrected. That's why he's often referred to as Doubting Thomas. Similar things, similar ideas must have been with the other apostles as well. What changed those beliefs? The answer is the 40-day ministry and the fact that they learned that Jesus truly had been resurrected. So where did they go after that? What did they do? And what is this 40-day ministry? It is simply stated the time that Jesus prepared them to go out and preach the gospel in all the world. The word apostle itself comes from the Greek word that literally means one who is sent off. In English, we'd say an emissary or a missionary, someone who was sent off to proclaim a message. What message did they preach? What did they say? They gave an astounding message based on four simple but profound facts. Number one, that Jesus was the long promised Messiah, which in Hebrew means Savior. Number two, 
that Jesus was the Son of God. God himself had proclaimed it, as we read at the beginning of the Gospels, at the time of Jesus' baptism. The voice of God proclaims Jesus is his Son. Then we have number three, the fact that Jesus was resurrected, and these apostles were witnesses of that and testified that they had seen him. He had been killed and he had come back after being embalmed and crucified. That was an astounding message. And the fourth point was that Jesus today was in heaven on the right hand of God. How could they say that? The Apostle Paul, who was later considered an apostle, not one of the original 12, was considered an apostle because he had seen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. In a certain sense, one might say that Stephen was an apostle, even though he was never described that way, because he also saw Jesus on the right hand of God, although he was martyred by Paul before his conversion. The conversion of Paul on the road to Damascus was so profound and so life-changing that Paul transformed from a heretic who was willing to imprison, to physically punish, and even to have killed, as in the case with Stephen, Christians just for their beliefs. So after their profound change by understanding who Jesus was, the apostles went out with renewed vigor, taught the gospel, and to show how stalwart they were in their beliefs, they gave their life in almost every case. As a matter of fact, one of the most fascinating people I've ever interviewed was a Christian gentleman from Southern California named William Stuart McBurney who wrote a fascinating book about the 12 apostles. I I highly recommend it. It's called The Search for the Twelve Apostles. He had traveled to the Holy Land approximately 30 times, if I remember the number right. And he had looked each time for what had happened to the apostles. And he found that there is some kind of tradition about what happened to every apostle except John. And he said, isn't that curious? <laughs> my, my response is, well, we have a tradition that would explain that. And he, he was quite interested in that. But for all of the apostles, they died as martyrs, except the apostle John, according to tradition. So what happened to them? Peter was placed in jail. We read about that, actually, in the book of Acts. And we read that only the intervention of an angel freed Peter. We know that Peter preached the gospel and ruffled the feathers of the Jews and also the Roman authorities. Peter was ultimately captured and sentenced to be crucified, and he chose to be crucified upside down so that he would not be crucified in the same manner as Jesus Then we get to a fascinating man who's not an apostle, but he was closely associated enough with them that I wanted to mention him, and that is John Mark, the author of 
the Gospel of Mark. He ultimately became bishop in Egypt, in Alexandria, Egypt, according to tradition. And he was a bishop for 40 years. Eventually, persecutions got so strong there that he was told by those around him that he should flee. He would not leave. He was eventually captured, and a rope was put on each one of his arms and legs and then attached to four horses who were whipped until they each ran away at the same time, tearing him apart. Quite a gruesome way to go. Mark could have at any time escaped that fate. He chose not to. He chose not to because of his belief and testimony that he must be true to Jesus. Other apostles met a similar fate. Paul is one of the principal apostles. We have more written by him than any other apostles in the New Testament. What happened to Paul is that during the reign of the emperor Nero, when the Christians were highly persecuted, Paul was rounded up and he was sentenced to die. He was, according to Christian tradition, beheaded at a place called Three Fountains Abbey today. He also gave his life. He could have reneged on his testimony and lived. He chose to die rather than do that. Before Paul met his fate, there's a fascinating story to move things to a lighter side about where Paul has an an encounter with a lion out in the wilderness. And Paul is miraculously spared. The lion somehow learns that he is not to kill the apostle Paul, and Paul actually befriends this lion uh, and throws him scraps of food that he has. The lion follows him for a time, and then they lose track of each other. Later, Paul is caught and thrown into a lion's den. The lion that he befriended is there, and so instead of being killed, there's this great reunion with Paul and this lion. True or not, it's one of the early Christian traditions, and I find it quite fascinating and maybe possible. When we come back from our break, more about the fate of the 12 apostles. Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Religion Today with host Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio. We're back. This is our second segment. We're talking today about the fate of the 12 apostles, what they did after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, after the 40 day ministry, and how they eventually met their fates. If you'd like to ask a question or make a comment about this show, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com. Occasionally, I have people ask for a transcript of a show. I don't have transcripts because I don't just read these shows, but I do have notes that I assemble and that I speak from. So if you ask for a transcript, you're likely to get some notes rather than an actual transcript. But I'm happy to respond to any questions you might have and enjoy doing so. All right, back to our story about what actually happened to the 12 apostles. We've talked about Peter. We've talked about John Mark, not an apostle, but closely associated with them. John, there is no tradition about his death, but he almost died at one point before he was banished to the Isle of Patmos. There's an early Christian story that he was captured, he was persecuted, and he was eventually thrown into a vat of hot oil. He recovered miraculously, and his persecutors decided that rather than trying to kill him again because he had God's protection, that he would be banished to the Isle of Patmos, where also according to Christian tradition, the time was spent by him writing the revelation or vision that he had that's now the book of Revelation. Let's talk about Matthew. The first book attributed to him is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew, according to early Christian lore, went to Ethiopia to spread the word about Christianity, though the sources for this mission are fairly late There are a lot of them, and so it's quite possible that Matthew at some point did go to Ethiopia, and it's from some of these traditions. We also have ideas about the Ark of the Covenant being there in that location somewhere in Ethiopia. Whether that's true or not, I have serious doubts. We do have a tradition that... Matthew eventually met his fate in Parthia, where he was executed. The details of the execution are not mentioned, but that is where he met his fate for not renouncing Christ. One of the more fascinating stories about apostles is Thomas, the one who was the doubter at one point. There's a third century book called The Acts of Thomas, which says that Jesus went to, or excuse me, that Thomas went to India. He was told by Jesus to go to India. Because of many of these descriptions, which have some historical precedent, when, and and here's what the historical precedent is for, for this idea that Thomas went to India. During the 4th, 5th, and 6th centuries, when some Christians 
went on missions to India, they found in two cities, Mylapore and Andropolis, churches erected to the name of St. Thomas, the apostle, claiming that he had come there, taught the gospel, and was martyred there. He was killed. The way of his execution also unknown. But that, to me, is quite fascinating. Similarly, there are images that are found, and this is kind of a gruesome story, but images of Bartholomew that you can see in churches around the world. And if you look at him, it looks as though he's holding something like a candle or melted wax or something like that. But what this is is kind of a perverse description that refers to his execution, his martyrdom. According to Christian tradition, Bartholomew was flayed alive. He was skinned alive and beheaded by the king of Ptolemyus. He was quite well regarded for having met this fate in a very stoic manner. We have the idea that isn't early. It's from the third century that Andrew, the apostle Andrew, was scourged and crucified, surviving on the cross for three days, and then finally succumbing. Interestingly enough, as was the tradition at that point, relics of the apostles' actual physical bodies were were kept by early Catholics, and the remains of Andrew were kept. But eventually, according to tradition, it was decided by Regulus, who was the bishop of Patras in Greece, who claimed to have been visited by an angel in 345 AD, that he was to move the bones of St. Peter, the remains of St. Peter, to as far a place away as he could find so that they could rest and not be destroyed or damaged. And he, according to tradition, packed them up and moved them to what is now called St. Andrew in Scotland, which is also famous for golf, the origins of golf. So St. Andrew is an amazing place that supposedly is where the body of St. Andrew lies, although he was not killed there. The Apostle James is a fascinating figure. He was apparently someone who met a fate. Uh, he, He was buried somewhere in, excuse me, he was buried somewhere in Spain according to tradition, and this is tradition from a hermit um, called Pelagius, and this dates clear back to the 9th century, 814 AD is when this strange event happened. Supposedly, he was led by this hermit to the place where the apostle James is buried. True or not, I would not venture a guess, but that's one of the traditions that we have. There are a number of others of whom we have some fascinating traditions. One of the most interesting is not an apostle, but was closely associated with them. That's a man named Polycarp who claimed to have learned about the gospel from the apostle John and from the apostle James. Polycarp was someone who would have been considered the 
earliest or among the very earliest of the early Christian church fathers. Early Christian church fathers would be a way of describing the leaders of the church after the apostles. And this man, Polycarp, lived during the end of the first century and the beginning of the second century AD, claimed to have been taught the gospel by the apostle John and James, and from there spread the gospel just like an apostle would and started many different early Christian churches. In his great old age, he was finally found by the Roman soldiers who were at this point persecuting the Christians, rounding them up. And he actually was seen to be so old by the soldiers that they told him that he should leave. And he said, no, I can't do that. When he was asked why, he said that Jesus had always been faithful to him. Therefore, he could not be unfaithful to Jesus and what Jesus taught. And by that, he meant that as Jesus gave his life for all, that Polycarp was willing to give his life for Jesus. And according to tradition, in a Colosseum, not the big one in Rome, but in another Colosseum, Polycarp was burned alive rather than renounce Christianity. Quite an amazing story about him. Again, if you'd like more information about some of these mislegends and probable truths about the fate of the Twelve Apostles, one of the better books on it is The Fate of the Apostles by Sean McDowell or William Stuart McMurney's The Search for the Twelve Apostles. Join me next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.